This is the non-microwave truth, and I am C.L. Whiteside. We're going to talk a lot about love today. So many people use your name in vain. Love. That's Music Soul Child, by the way, for my R&B lovers. But I saw something that popped up, and it was Chris Rock. And I've seen this before, but it just kind of struck me the other day when I saw it. And he said that men really don't get unconditional love in our culture and our society and he said there are three groups that get unconditional love so this is our first world problem question today which of these groups do you feel like gets the most unconditional love or if you had to rank them one to three three being the best and the most unconditional love how would you rank them the three are women babies and toddlers and dogs and to clarify, unconditional love means you don't necessarily have to do anything, but you're still going to get loved. Of these three, which gets the most unconditional love? And the reason the comedian Chris Rock brought this up is because he was saying that men are loved on a condition, a condition that they better provide something. If a man doesn't provide something, he's worth nothing. and He's not getting any love. Now, what do you think about that? Is that true? And this is such a first world problem because it's a matter of opinion. There is no true, absolute truth to this. But I do want to hear what you have to say about this. Now, this is how I would rank them. I would rank them like this. Number one would be children. Ah, I don't know. It's tough. Like, I really want to say dogs because I see how people go crazy for their dogs but i feel like the dog kind of has some type of conditional love because the dog kind of does something for you a child doesn't necessarily do anything for you so that's kind of why i'm conflicted with that and then it's like women it it's different if the woman is pretty if someone feels like the woman is pretty they'll unconditional love to the end but man it's, it's tough so i think i'm gonna go dogs children women for the average person but if you're anything like me Dogs would for sure, for sure be last. I'm sorry. So there are three parts to this. One being, I want you to rank these three. Out of these three, how would you rank them? Women, children, and dogs. The second part I want you to think about is, are men really that far on the outside? Like, are men usually loved based on condition? And the third part that you got to just think about and you just got to realize is, Dude, God loves every single one of us unconditionally, unconditionally, no strings attached. So even if you are a man, I can give you an absolute truth, a non-microwave truth that you are loved unconditionally by God. You might not be loved by America. You might not be loved by people, but you're loved by God. But let me hear what you think on Instagram or Twitter. My handle is championlife23, and this is our first world problem. It is dinner time. Convenient love or sacrificial love? That's the title today of our episode. And let's start off with some scripture right away. First John 4, verse 16. God is love. I'm going to say that again. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in him. And the whole time today when we're talking about love, I just want you to constantly be reminded and thinking about like, 
the fact that God is love. He's not a representation of love. He's not a symbolism of love. God is love. Now, if you are married, I want you to think about why did you want to get married? And if you're single and dating, what are some reasons that you think that you do want to get married? And if you're a person who's like, uh, excuse me, I don't want to get married at all. Actually, what's your reason? Why is that? Now, I just have to point out something that's very eye opening to me. Most people, when they list their reasons for why they want to get married or why they did get married is because they wanted to be served. They didn't want to serve. They wanted to be served. I got married because like we have the same hobbies, man, this, this person really gets me. This person is so easy to love. Even more to my point, how many people do you hear say, I wanted to get married to serve my wife and be there for her in every way possible and be the cross bearer for her problems and deal with her mess and sacrifice my energy, my body, my happiness. I just wanted to do everything in my power to see and make sure that she's blessed. Oh, no. As soon as I mentioned happiness, a lot of y'all would have turned around and like, no, not for me. Not for me at all. Like, I didn't sign up for that. And on this episode of Convenient Love or Sacrificial Love, this is one of those podcasts that you can't send to someone because they'll be like, what are you trying to say? You trying to say that I don't know how to love you? You can only send it to them if you were just talking about a topic like this because people will try to read into it too much. So if you do have someone in mind that you want to send this to, you should probably send like two episodes ago and just tell them, hey, listen to the non-microwave truth. Catch up. Listen to a few episodes. Tell me what you think. And then they'll get to this and it'll be like, boom. But confession is good for the soul in the wise words of Wubby. The main reason for this episode of convenient love or sacrificial love is to check myself. As a married man, a coach, a person in education, a person who wants to help and bless my community and everyone that I come in contact with, I really have to hit the convenient love opportunities consistently. But I have to be aware and I have to hit the sacrificial love opportunities out the park, too. And I'll probably use marriage examples the most, not because I think a person has to get married or anything, but because it's supposed to be the most sacrificial relationship we've committed to on earth. The relationship we should show the most sacrificial love in is is marriage. And this this can apply to every relationship though. Friendships, work relationships, school relationships, any and every relationship. But getting back to that point on why people get married, I have heard a ton of people say, I want a spouse to make my life easier or to be there to support me. Or, you know, it would be really nice to have someone to come home to and just hold me. And I want you to just think about this. If you're married, I want you to think about your spouse. If you're not married and maybe you're dating, you could think about your boyfriend and girlfriend. Or you can think about your best friend. And if you're like, I don't have a best friend. Well, think about someone that you are really, really close to. Now, you should have that person in mind. Do you know that person's top love language? Maybe they even have two. When is the last time you spoke to their love language on a consistent basis? Like, have you ever tried to do it seven days straight? And if you're like, I don't know what love languages are, just Google it. You can easily take a love language quiz or have that person that you have in mind take a take a quiz and send you the results. I dare you. 
I double dog dare you. And I talked about, you know, loving from a coaching standpoint or loving from an educational standpoint. It's just from a standpoint of, of trying to show love. Think about the different hats you wear. Think about the most important hat you wear. Do you think you even know how to love? Do you love sacrificially or do you just conveniently love? So example, I'm going to give you. Example would be, I tell myself that I cut the grass for my wife. That's really convenient love. Like definitely the grass needs to be cut, but she doesn't cut it anyway. And low key is just as much for me as it is for her. Another example would be like a mother who says she does the laundry for the family. That's definitely a form of love, but that can be convenient in a way because she is the only person who's going to get ticked off about the laundry not being done in the first place. Both these examples, they show love, though. It's just that we can get as much, if not more, out of it as the person we are actually loving. And again, I want to say conveniently loving someone is not a bad thing. But I do want to point out that convenient love is different than sacrificial love. Convenient love is like when you click and you feel like loving them. You feel very motivated to love them. Now, the Holy Spirit can motivate us, so it's not always a bad thing at all. The second thing I would say is it's easy. The opportunities are screaming and jumping out at you. It's easy to love someone when they need to be loved in a way that's comfortable and actually one of your skills or gifts or talent. Or it's easier to love somebody when they scratching your back. Like, of course I can scratch your back. You've been massaging my back. I got you. The third thing about convenient love is you can get something out of it too. It's like you love the person and then you get a reward. And I'm not talking about a reward like 10 years later, but like the next day or right away. And the last thing about convenient love is like, what is your motivation behind doing it? If people found out you would get applauded and praised. And then you got to ask yourself, is that why you're really doing it? Are you really doing it for the praise and the attention? Not just one of these, but maybe a combination or all of them make them fall, make it fall in that convenient love category. And this is something that we can easily see in other people at times, but I don't know if we necessarily see it in ourselves. Like, have you ever saw someone who acts like everyone should love them like Jesus does and give them that sacrificial, unconditional love? Like we want people to love us with our flaws, but some of us, we don't want to do anything about the flaws then. That makes no sense. And on this episode of Convenient Love or Sacrificial Love, this is the point that I really want to get at. John Gordon, he had this on Twitter, and he was talking about transactional thinking is a way that says, what can I get? While relational thinking is more about what can I give? The focus is completely different. The focus is on the relationship today and every day with the relational thinking. And best believe, I am not saying that you should get taken advantage of and abused. What I am saying is stop acting like your convenient, aka selfish, self-seeking love is sacrificial and realize the highest degree of love is when you know that the person probably can't pay you back, is when you know it's out of your way, is when you know they don't deserve it, but you don't deny the Holy Spirit saying sacrificially love them. It's when a person can't do anything for you and probably never will be able to do anything for you, but you still serve them. And this is one of those things we jack up because some of us have a problem saying no. And you know what? No is the sacrificial love we need to show the person. 
They might not like us anymore. We might get talked about. We won't be there to enable them anymore. And what we're sacrificing is our position of deliverer, our position of being a false god or a stepping stool or being a quick fix. When people show you who they want to be consistently, believe it and say no out of love to allow God to deal with them. You have to get out of the way at times. You have to sacrifice your pride and know God knows and will do best. Christians at times want to be charity cases and like social workers to people who really just they just have to fall. And we've been talking a lot about conveniently or sacrificially loving other people, but we conveniently love God. And that's a problem. Like we conveniently love God with our time. Like we dedicate time to watch sports or watch something entertaining. But if you compare that to getting into the word or building a relationship with God, our prayer and how much we read is a small amount. When we pray and we read, it's usually when we're tired. It's not always something that we make time to do. It's something that if the schedule falls the right way and I happen to have a five minute window, I'll squeeze God into it. The second way that we conveniently love God is with our money. Listen, I can't do the whole tithe thing. But when you look and you think about it, you just spent $100 on a dinner and half of that was on drinks alone. We spend our money on vacation. We spend our money getting new shoes or clothes. If you got extra money, what are you thinking? Are you thinking like, man, how can I bless God's kingdom? Or are you thinking about, I think I deserve to treat myself. (laughs) I'm definitely guilty of this at times. The third way that we conveniently love God is with our talents. Like if I don't see how this is going to benefit me, then I'm not going to do it. Gotta be all right. That's that convenient love that I'm talking about. Now, let's look at sacrificial love. And when you talk about sacrificial love, you have to look at God. We take the fact that Jesus died for our sins for granted. So since we take that for granted, we take the sacrificial love that he has for us for granted. And there are four big things that we got to look at. Four big things to learn from Christ. First one, prime example. And you have to understand a lot of times love is a choice, especially sacrificial love. Like our microwave soft culture can't even comprehend that. We make tons of excuses to be a jerk. If we're not happy, we tell people to get out of marriages. The bottom line is it's an excuse to make a choice to not love. But when it's a choice, you have to forget your feelings. This is something that Christ did for us. There's no condition love clause when you look at what Christ did and does for us. When I feel it, then I'll do it. That philosophy that could have you waiting forever. As a Christian and a Christ follower, actions come first and then the emotions, they may follow. They might might not always come, but they may follow. But first always comes the actions. The second thing to learn from Christ is our standard of how much to love cannot be based off the person we're supposed to be loving. It has to be based off of Jesus. And that sucks in a way because Jesus loved people he knew would talk behind his back. He knew that would not appreciate his sacrifice. He knew that some of these people would never, ever, 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 ever come close to meeting him halfway, not even a little close. And I want to point out that you and I don't come close just in case you were thinking like, yeah, I'm, I'm probably like 40, 60. Nah, you're not. You're not. 
The third thing about the sacrificial love that, that Christ shows is that it can have you looking weak. It can have you looking lame and like getting that simp status. And that's something very hard for a lot of us to surrender to God and allow him to do what he needs to do. Think about that. Jesus was beat. People spit on him. People disrespected him. He looked weak at times. You look at Luke 23, verse 26. They made someone else have to carry a cross for Jesus because he allowed his body to be punished. He allowed allowed himself to be abused. He sacrificed his position in heaven to exchange with us and suffer our hell. Now, I'm going to give you a hypothetical. Let's say a man who's married told people that he bought his wife a new purse. He sacrificed his boys nights out. He was really into muscle cars and he had a few beautiful muscle cars before he even met her. But he sold them in order for her to pursue her dream of being a masseuse and starting up her own business. And this is not even a kicker. But if most men would ask him like, hey, so so you hitting that every night, right? And he's like, nope. She doesn't feel the best and she needs her sleep because she has a condition. He would get crucified on Twitter. I can guarantee it. He would be called a simp. He would be called all type of things. But this is exactly what I'm talking about. This is the true meaning of sacrificial love. If you Google and put in the definition of sacrificial love, it says it is an act of slaughtering an animal or person or surrendering a possession as an offering to God. Now, if you like me, you don't need to slaughter a person or animal. You need to slaughter your ego and your pride. And again, I must say, God is love. And I just want you to think about Jesus' position. Because it's like, oh yeah, you died for all these people. They're going to at least tell everyone what you did for them, right? Most don't. Or maybe they'll make it very clear that you saved them and no one else. They're going to remember and honor your contributions, right? Probably not, though. But Jesus is love. The fourth thing that we can learn from Christ with his sacrificial love is that sacrificial love is the most life-changing form of love. It can make a thug cry. It can make a fast-tailed woman become like Mother Mary. It can make a bad child become a model child. It's life-changing, I tell you. Someone who's racist or someone who's sexist. Just think about a, a hurtful comment or a hurtful gesture or a hurtful action towards a person who doesn't deserve it. Like, think about if the most racist, disrespectful, crazy person can change because of this sacrificial love. Paul in the Bible is one of the greatest examples of this. In Acts chapter 9, hideous actions, the type of actions that you can't stand. And look at the sacrificial love Jesus showed Paul and how he changed. And we are all Paul's, by the way. So don't read this and act like, this isn't me. Oh yeah, and when I read this, it's gonna say Saul, but Saul and Paul are the same dude. It reads, Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus, so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As Paul saw near Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from the heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, he replied. Now get up and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. 
The men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the sound but did not see anyone. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand into Damascus. For three days he was blind, and he did not eat or drink anything. I'm going to jump some verses. Lord Ananias answered, I have heard many reports about this man, he's talking about Saul, and all the harm he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem. And he has come here with authority from the chief priest to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, Go, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it. Placing his hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he could see again. He got up and was baptized. And after taking some food, he regained his strength. This is like a KKK member becoming a civil rights activist, a Democrat or Republican becoming the opposite, a super big feminist becoming an advocate for submissiveness, a male chauvinist becoming a pro-feminist advocate. And Jesus's sacrificial love for Paul was life changing. It took him from being a murderer to being an apostle who wrote plenty of books of the Bible and changed his entire outlook. He went from trying to murder and persecute people who love Jesus to being an advocate for Jesus and living his entire life for Jesus. And that's what makes sacrificial love so unique, so life changing, because Jesus didn't have to die for Paul or Saul, whatever you want to call him. Jesus didn't have to die for you. He didn't have to die for me, but he did. He did this knowing that there are people that still will reject him. And it just makes me think about sacrificial love. Sacrificial love is all about who stands in the rain with you when they could be dry if they wanted to. And I was thinking about like, who is actually easy for a lot of people to sacrificially love? And I was like, that, that's easy. Most people can sacrificially love their children more than their spouse, more than a dying person, more than anyone usually. And why is that? It's almost like they can flip a switch in their mind and their child provides a convenient mindset because they see the child as actually being their family. They see themselves in the child. They feel like in a way that they are loving themselves still. Christ has this mindset with everyone. We are his family. It says that we were created in God's image in Genesis 1 verse 27. So God treats all of us like his children. My encouragement for you and myself is to conveniently love and definitely don't be afraid to sacrificially love. I think 1 John chapter 4, it's a section titled God's Love and Ours. It sums this up perfectly. Now, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I will read 1 John chapter 4, verse 16 to 21. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. This is how love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. But fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made in perfect love. We love because he first loved us. I got to say that one again. We love because he first loved us. Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister 
That's all human beings, our brothers and sisters, whom they have seen cannot love God, whom they have not seen. And he has given us this command. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. And this is the non-microwave truth. Thanks for joining me on this episode of Convenient Love or Sacrificial Love. Peace Punch, Captain Crunch. Say no to drugs and yes to Jesus. I'm out.